Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. I'm Leo, joined by Cody via Skype, and this is episode 33. And what a week it's been. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, it's been a... uh, uh, How do I want to say it? It's been a tumultuous week. Oh, man. Learn your vocabulary. Yeah, tremendous, <laughs> tumultuous, tumultuous, yeah, tumultuous the... or tremendous, tumultuous yeah, okay. and tremendous. He made there a new go. word. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're really not going to get into raw because I didn't watch it. Cody didn't watch it. We kind of just seen some highlights. Um. Well, I've seen a few highlights. I read about it. That's about it. Uh, we are going to talk uh, a little bit about AEW and NXT here in our intro. Um, on today's episode, we have the guys from TurnbuckleTrash.net. Um, they reached out to us. I met Zane at uh, the Devotion show I went to. Uh, earlier in the month and uh, gave out one of our nifty business cards and uh, he got he got in touch with us and uh, later in this episode you're going to see we're kind of on the other side you know they ask us wrestling related questions they ask us our thoughts and and, you know we're very candid we tell them exactly what we think and um, I had fun talking with those guys what about you Cody? Yeah, it was very cool. They're right down the road in Utah from us, so that's kind of yep. cool. Uh, yep. Both uh, Dave and Zane. I didn't get the pleasure to meet either of them, but now talking to them for over an hour for this episode, uh, or right around an hour, uh, Very, both very knowledgeable dudes, uh, very fun talking to, and this, I'm almost guaranteed that that probably won't be the last time you hear a crossover as we refer to it takeover invasion yeah. angle invasion episode. angle <laughs> um and and just so everyone's aware uh we'll try to keep it the same on this intro just because we've never had a clean episode this is going to be your guys's one and only clean episode um they oh, have I was their... going to get all my <laughs> I was going to get all my F-bombs out because I didn't get well, to spill them last night. Yeah, so um, they wow. they do – I think they, they also do their show on a radio network. And so um, we um, weren't able to, to spill out all our swear words like we usually do. Um, yeah. But we're going to give you a double dose next week. So I'm not sure what we're doing next week. 
but you're you're gonna get it next week. So um, yeah, we're gonna have this, lots. This is gonna be our our WWE style show where it's PG. Yeah, normally uh, normally the saying is you give zero Fs. We're gonna give lots of Fs next weekend because we're yeah. gonna catch up on them. Yeah, God, it's yep. so hard to we're be clean. Be <laughs> but but it was good. It was a good talk. Um, and so uh, before we get into them, though, we do want to touch on the this week's AEW and uh, NXT, and we'll just get into the highlights. We're not going to go match for match. Um, the big big news, I think, out of the week in all of wrestling is Finn Balor's heel turn, which came out of nowhere. The way it was done, I thought was freaking awesome. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, it. I uh, mentioned it today earlier via text that as I still watch the clip of him standing in the ring with the undisputed arrow, Gargano and Ciampa, and he does his Pele kick to Ciampa as he's taking off his jacket. To Gargano. Don't, yeah, to, yeah, sorry, to Gargano. And uh, yeah, that's... Ooh, I about did it. That gave... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard to talk about this without dropping some uh anyways yeah it gave me goosebumps yeah it was cool it was it, just the way it was pulled like oh, like yeah. out of nowhere it wasn't like he stood behind him and just a regular just you know threw his leg back kicked him in the face took him out and then it all made sense where he was saying his future is his past and everybody's like well Maybe it's because he was a universal champion. He's going after title again. No, like he's going back to to the the days what got him into the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, the little the little Fer- little Fergal Devitt action, little Prince Devitt yeah. action. Prince Devitt, and I posted some of that stuff on our social media, like one of the promos and. It's uh, it's good stuff, and we've been clamoring on this for months before he took the hiatus. How he needed a character change, he needed to go heal. He needed to stop just smiling at everything. Um, he needed to unleash that, and it looks like it's finally going to happen. And the way they pulled it off, like at first, and I mentioned it last week, like they're putting him on NXT. I feel like that's a knock on him because he was Universal Champion. He's not going to be on the main two brands. But the way they did it, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad they put him back on NXT. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And And what I I liked is the – I mean – realistically right now they have not announced and you know it's going to make you tune in for weeks to come to see if he's actually truly tied into the undisputed era i mean yeah there there looked to be some some stuff but maybe it was just he was using the undisputed era as his his crutch because you know i mean adam cole is cemented as the leader but that doesn't mean you can't bring in I a think fifth they guy. Might, yeah, they might team or do some stuff together, but I don't think he's going to be like a full-fledged member. Um, I think he's going to do his own heel thing there, and I'm sure their paths will cross eventually. But, 
yeah i'm excited i'm 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 ready for next week and uh um that but you know other than that that triple threat match that they had for the north american title was was pretty pretty cool yeah did you watch that no i i've seen a few highlights but i have not sat down and watched the entirety of it yeah that, but knowing that, that the three participants in it it doesn't surprise me that it was a a slobber knocker as jr says yeah uh speaking of jr did you see what he put about seth rollins today? <laughs> oh, i haven't God, listened I to it, it but i read about it yeah there's a t-shirt out yeah you gonna you gonna buy that no, one too i'm not gonna buy that one <laughs> Uh, well, everything but, that PWT puts out, you no, buy. Not everything. Calm down. <laughs> but uh, what is it? It says, uh, do you know exactly uh, what it says? So Seth Rollins had said something in an interview or like a comic con sit down, like talking about him and Kenny Omega fighting at like, or at you know, having, a, having a match. Yes. And basically, Seth Rollins had said, well, when Kenny's done playing in the minor leagues and he wants to come have, you know, big money matches and blah, 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 and sell out WrestleMania and main event WrestleMania, then he can come play with the big boys or whatever, you know, if he wants to do that. And JR took exception to that. He really didn't like that comment, basically calling AEW the minor leagues. And JR rebuttaled with, well, maybe one day Seth Rollins will be as over as his girlfriend. Yeah. Soon to be wife, Becky Lynch. So JR. That was was pretty cool. Slammed Seth Rollins back and said, you're not even as over as your girlfriend. So shut up. Which is JR ain't lying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was. It was unnecessary, but it was still funny. I, I thought it was funny. This old man talking about that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was. But, all, uh, it was all clickbait stuff. I mean, yeah. Seth knew exactly what he said at that comic book panel. Yeah. And Jr. knew exactly what he said on his podcast or wherever he dropped that dime yep. at. Um, Jr. gives zero. Yeah, he'll even bash his own company. Yeah. Yeah, I seen that about <laughs> oh, that's too flippy floppy for me. It's like Which I I mean I you're agree not on gonna... some stuff. I yeah. I don't know, like so I think some of the stuff they just need to put a little in between. Like I'm still not I don't let it sink or it hasn't sunk in yet when they're already doing the next big move. Do you know what I mean? I get yeah. that part. Agreed. Um but uh, you know that's our segue into AEW. Did you watch all of AEW? No, I did not. I as we were doing the phone conversation last night with the guys from Turnbuckle Trash, um, I was trying to pay attention to it, but then it was very involved in the conversation, and yeah, and then just yeah. so, didn't catch no, I, all I of it. So. It. So I'll I'll touch base on some of it. Um, so the tag matches were good. Um, it kind of kind of makes sense now. Like last week when Lucha Brothers came out and attacked Christopher Daniels, and now in the finals it's the Lucha Brothers against SCU. Um, 
my only thing with that is Daniels is going to get involved somehow, and I'm afraid SCU is going to be the first uh, tag team champions, which you know I guess isn't bad. Um, I just I'm just a big mark for the Lucha Bros, so I would like them to be the first ever AEW tag team champions. Um, but I'm sure it, it's got some story to it now, so it makes sense. So um, yeah. that's good there. Do you and see then, that Rock and Roll Express is going to be there handing the titles to the new champions? I, I did see that. That'll be cool, too. That, um, that's that's pretty cool. And then um, another thing, um, Britt Baker had a damn good match against, uh, I think her last name's Hayden. I never heard of her before. Um and she she wrestles in Japan. I've looked her up. I've actually had her on our Instagram now. Um, but she had her her probably best match to date in her hometown of Pittsburgh. And I know we knocked her a little bit last week, and we kind of just say, "Hey, she needs to get her stuff together." And it was it was probably her best match for AEW she's had. So uh, I'm glad to see that she she needed it, and so glad yes. that happened for her. Especially um, in the hometown to give her that highlight reel and, you know, put her up against somebody that, I mean, from what I've seen of highlights, it wasn't really a jobbed out match. It's not like the chick that they brought in was a complete jobber for no, her. No, she... it, was, it was a good highlight match, you know. Yep. Both worked. It did favors for the, the one coming in if she's signed to AEW, like, I didn't know who she was either, to be honest. I have no idea who she was. So, yep. Did you even so, see that in the the preview to the match that Adam Cole made an appearance on AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite last night? No. Oh, that actually got a lot of clickbait today because they used a picture of... Uh, Adam Cole and Britt Baker in like the opening credits to showing how she's from Pittsburgh and she's been through dental. She went to the University of Pittsburgh and the whole like, yeah. Oh man, he showed up on both shows, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see that, but um, yeah. Yeah, the only uh, reason I did is because it was on the internet today. Adam Cole makes an appearance on AEW. Jeez. So, People, it's a picture. Everybody knows that they're freaking dating. Get over yeah. it. Um, other big thing is they had a that was kind of kind of a clickbait to get people to tune in to see what Cody had to say. Didn't really lead to anything. <laughs> Jericho was up in the stands and they went through the crowd, broke the glass. Like it was fun. Like what they did backstage. Like it was cool. Um, it's another all-out brawl, but at least they didn't close the show with it this time. And they involved DDP, which was cool. That got a big pop. Um, so it, I think they're starting to ramp up now for their November show. There's no more, oh, he could lose to Darby Allen or Cody could lose to Sammy Guevara. Like now it's set in stone. So I'm excited to see what they do to try to hype that up going into November 9th for full gear. Um, and then the other big thing was uh, John Moxley against um, Pac. Um, and that was a damn good match. 
the way they did it, like I understand why they did it, and some of the fans were happy. John Moxley was happy, um, but it looks like they are sticking to this win-loss record thing, and both guys are hot, and I think they're trying to protect both of them. Um, yeah, there wasn't a def, def, definitive winner, but I also read some comments today. Like, it makes sense. So when you schedule a match, like I'll give you an example, for the premiere of SmackDown, there was three effing minutes left, and it's Brock Lesnar against Kofi. And I'm just like, this is going to be squash unless they go over their time, right? Yep. A couple seconds, he's done. One, two minutes of Kane Velasquez, and it's over. And so I guess instead, you know, doing it for however much time you have allotted for, for TV, lets them know, like, hey, if we don't have a winner by the time the TV's over, it's a draw. Instead of just, you know, yeah, there's going to be a winner, and then two minutes later, it's over. So I know that got a little bit of backlash, but. I, I was okay with it. Um, it was a good match. Um, and I'm sure the crowd got some dark matches after that to send them home happy. Mm-hmm. Have you watched uh, any of the AEW Dark yet? Uh, not this week's. I've watched all of them except this week's. Gotcha. Oh, another another thing. You need to watch it because it was a good match. It was a good wrestling match. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Janela. Oh, an actual yeah. sanction match. An actual shank and yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that they doubled one, up one again. That actually counted, um, and it was good. Like I was surprised because, um, like many other people, think Janela as a kind of a you know like death match wrestler or gimmick type wrestler. Um, but he, no, he people actually, don't give him the credit that he Omega. he's actually a pretty good technician. Yep. I mean, yeah. his his body. I mean, I'm I'm a big fat a word. Honestly, I caught myself. Um, uh, and his body's, you know, flabby too. He's so I'm just saying. It's all, um, it's all those white claws. All those white claws, but but yeah, he he impressed me, and so I'm like, man, maybe, uh, you know, this guy, he doesn't look the part, but he he can go. Um, yeah. So that that's all I got. Other uh, big news this week, I guess we'll see where it goes or if it's just rumors, is that Tessa Blanchard is done with Impact Wrestling, or her contract is up. Did you what? see that? I've seen that today. Um, no, which, the only which... thing that I've seen on Tessa since Bound for Glory was she's doing Chris Van Fleet has a new interview with her out that I am really Jones in the watch because I am a huge fan of hers. Yeah, no, she's great. And wherever she goes, if she decides to sign back with impact, go to a wherever she goes, she is going to up that women's competition. Um, I would like her to go to a W but the stuff she's doing in Impact, I would also like her to stay there. Because if you've seen some of her matches against some of these men, like they're treating her as a legit competitor. And I'm not a big um, mixed uh, match Inter- type of guy. Intergender. Intergender, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but she's it's it's realistic like the stuff she had with sammy callahan mm-hmm. um the stuff she had at the bound for glory the ladder match she was in like it was legit like i was excited for her i actually wanted her to win um and be be the x division champion and so i think what she's got there is special but if she went to AEW, I'd put a rocket strap to her and give her that title. Like that would legitimize your woman's division, in my opinion. But I guess uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, wherever I I don't think WWE is an option for her because I think I'm not saying that ship has sailed. I don't think it has with her but, talent. She. Oh think, yeah, she. She'll end up there one day, and but also I know she tried for that after she did that first year of the May Young, and she was used on like a couple NXT tapings. I mean, this was kind of early on in her career, but not really. I mean, everybody uh, knew it was who like she two was. three years ago, but but yeah. since then, like her stuff's been top notch. Yeah, a match with her and Charlotte Flair would just. The history there, the stuff you could do, you oh, know, yeah. that would be huge. Yeah. But I I I uh I would prefer her to stay in impact or um AEW. Agreed. Um, but you know that that's all I got. Um you got anything else before we go into our segment with uh Turnbuckle Trash? Um No, I was. Yeah, I guess the only other thing I got is: Have you heard from our uh, our supporter, our numero uno guy? Who lately? The the rooster. I have you know. I I know he's been training, and I know all that, but like. So you heard about the stuff on the news with uh, El Chapo's son and. All the gunfire and stuff like that. So uh, uh, no. all I, you didn't see any of that. So no, there was I don't this really big, watch news. Big shooting news. thing in in Culiacan, and the riots and and over Chapo's son's capture, and um and so there was a bunch of shootings and stuff like that. And uh, so what I hear is that that's all fake news from the government that. The actual thing that happened was um, it was one of his wrestling matches got the fans so excited they started just shooting out stuff. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why I haven't heard from him in a while. Maybe. His matches are so good, they incite riots. So, I mean, that's that's the true story for you guys. So, Well, I mean, you... You heard it here first, right? <laughs> Don't sound so excited, Cody. I'm sure uh, I'll hear from next week. Yeah. Uh, especially well, if we're I mean, be dropping all them swear words next week. I'm not, like, upset that he hasn't been around. I'm just, like, I'm just making sure our paychecks are still in the mail. Because <laughs> I ain't doing this shit for free. Oops. Oh, you had you had to. Oops. You almost made it, and you had to drop I a that spot. <laughs> So I'm not gonna uh, leap that out, but if it, this this episode's not clean, it's Cody's fault. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, um, anyways, uh, on Turnbuckle Trash, 
check out their website. All of their episodes are on there, turnbuckletrash.net. Um, and they're on that page. Um, they've had interviews with Manny Lemons, with Marty the Moth, um, with other podcasters. And they seem really insightful. They they seem like they really know their stuff. Um, and, and they're fans like us. So support them. Give them a look on Facebook. Um, their stuff, from what I've looked at, hasn't been really updated even on CastBox past April. But it is on that website, and I think they're definitely worth a look on turnbuckletrash.net. Yep. So if you like what you hear here with this joint pod that we're about to drop, uh, please uh, go give them a like on Facebook and um, follow them and check out their website. And as always, uh, stay unprofessional. Oh my gosh, it's Turnbuckle Trash here with an invasion angle. <laughs> we have been invaded by New World uh, Order. By by the by the UPW podcast, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Uh, on with Dave and I right now is Cody and Leo. I I met I met one of you guys down at, or in Salt Lake at a DCW event. Who, who did I meet at DCW? You met Leo. You met me. And, uh, let's and hope Leo. The, let's hope the invasion angle goes a little bit better than it did for WCW and ECW. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> well, hey, didn't Global Force invade Impact? Well, that was kind of a botch. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't we, I'm we, not sure what all happened there. We call that in the business a cluster. If you get my drift, so yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and well, we don't we don't have to book David Arquette against Jeff Jarrett. So I think we're good. That's hallelujah. Yeah, we're gold. We're going. So, so you guys host your own podcast, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, UPW. Tell us, uh, Leo. Tell us what made you guys decide to start a pod. How long have you been doing this for? How long have you been a wrestling fan? Uh, so the pod was actually Cody's idea. We, Cody and I were, you know how you have like friends uh, who like wrestling. Um, we talk about wrestling all the time. And uh, as cool as we think that wrestling is, it's still <laughs> uncool in a lot of circles. And so we're kind of, that's what we geek about and stuff, right? And uh, we were ramping up. We were going to go see Double or Nothing down in Vegas. And it was Cody's idea, like, well, let's start this podcast. And I was real iffy about it at first, um, just because there's so many out there, right? But um, we kind of got it going. Cody's idea. Uh, name was Cody's idea, too. And started going about February. And uh, we started enjoying it. Then we got some social media pages going, and those started to kind of kick off. And uh, so we've been doing it since about February or so. And as far as wrestling fan, I've personally been a wrestling fan since far back as I can remember, three, four years old, you know, doing moves on my, on my dad and other little kids and getting in trouble over it, stuff like that. So I okay. So, Cody, um, Leo said something that's funny, and uh, me and Dave joke about this all the time, that, you know, 
I always run into a lot of closet fans. You know, like like a, a couple months ago, I went on this work excursion, went to the Green River fishing, and it was a bunch of guys from work. And I told them that I do a podcast and that I enjoy professional wrestling, and, and they all laughed at me, and they all made fun of me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you like that fake crap, and, you know, on and on and on. Well, we're there for a couple days, right? So as the time goes on, they start to be like, oh, yeah, so what's, uh, what's Stone Cold up to now? Oh, what's, uh, what's John Cena up to now? You know, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought you guys, thought you guys thought this was fake. So, yeah. um, I just, so what do you think about, uh, do you guys ever run into these, these closet fans and people who, who think that wrestling's not cool, but yet secretly you know they're watching wrestling? Yeah. Uh, grew up with quite a few of them as I was growing up as a younger, a young teenager and everything. Uh, I was real, I was the kid that was really into wrestling. So I grew up in like the attitude era. So my wrestling was the Austin 316 shirt, the NWO Wolfpack shirts. And I was wearing that stuff to school and constantly ridiculed for it. But but now that you and me am, both. now that I'm hosting my own podcast along with Leo, and we've got what I feel a pretty decent following. Now I'm getting people saying how cool it is that I'm doing that. I mean, I still get ridiculed, like, oh, I, you know, that stuff's fake. You remember that, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, but it is it's, what it is. It, it's almost like because. Uh, how it's portrayed, you know, as as uh, a combat sport, yet the outcomes are predetermined. That turns people off for some reason. Right. But and they I don't like, take into account what all these people are doing in the ring. Like that takes a lot, you know, more than any combat sport. Yeah, and I also grew up on boxing in the '80s when Mike Tyson was really huge and Evander Holyfield. And I used to always hear people say how fake it is. And I was like, you ever think that one of those pro boxing matches wasn't paid for before it ever started? So you can't tell me that everything's not predetermined. Oh, geez. So, Don King it. was it was great at uh, manipulating what was going on in the ring. That was exactly. Yeah. So everything's fake to an extent. It's what you want to believe and how you want to suspend your disbelief. Well, you know, the, the, well, you, you know, know, guys, there's one thing. Ahead, the the Avengers and Batman aren't real either. I don't know if you guys knew that, but they're not. Oh, what? <laughs> I know. Okay. I know it's well, hard. Why are you hard. ruining it for us? <laughs> so so let's let's get into the the meat and potatoes here, guys. Um, there is a lot of wrestling going on right now. I'm uh, we we talked. Um, so Dave has a couple of, of relatives. Uh, one fellow, uh, Chris. He, he helps co-host the podcast sometimes. He has his own little segment. And, and Dave has a nephew, Kelly, that is uh, from from uh, the Memphis area, and he's a huge wrestling fan. And, and we all, all all talk about wrestling. And, and the last podcast we talked about, there we talked about so much wrestling right now. You've got NWA. You've got NXT. You've got the WWE, you have Impact, you have, of course, the newcomer AEW. Um, so what do you guys find yourselves migrating to as, 
as far as speed. And, and myself, I don't have a lot of time. I mean, I'm it's 7.30, and I'm still driving home from work. So naturally, I'm not going to probably watch a lot of wrestling tonight. So what, Cody, do you find yourself uh, focusing most of your energy on? Well, I can tell you right now what I'm currently doing, which is on my tablet in front of me, I have Wednesday Night Dynamite on. So if that kind of answers my question, that's what I've been doing the last four weeks. Um, it's brought me back to where pro wrestling used to be in a way, the, uh, I guess the shock value of it kind of. I was a big WCW guy when Nitro was on, so this kind of takes the feelings back to that a little bit. And plus, I all the talent that I currently really endorse and really like is there. Not saying I don't like any of the other things. I just my attention is solely based on AEW right now. That's so Leo. What what do you what do you what are you going for these days? What do you focus your what's your your wrestling right now? So I'm I'm pretty scattered, but I'm kind of so I I brought up on the pod not too long ago is um, if there's good things going on in WWE or things that they've changed because if you if you watch WWE regularly, they've gone through a huge transformation here in the last couple months with NXT, with Raw, with SmackDown, kind of some of the things they're doing. And not not directly, but indirectly, a lot of that is linked to what AEW is doing. And I think it's kind of they're being forced to change in a world that they've dominated up to this point. So uh, in my opinion, I think AEW has to be successful in order to continue this among all the companies. Um, I watch AEW as much as I can, and it keeps me entertained. The two-hour program, there's still minor gripes here and there. Um, NXT, I think that's top-notch wrestling, but I don't watch it live. I'll watch it afterwards. Um, and then Raw and SmackDown, if there's stuff, I always read up on it. So all wrestling, all New Japan, uh, MLW Impact, I'll follow up on it. I might not watch it all, but if something of interest happened, um, I'll try to pull it up and, and watch it afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Dave, um, I know where you and I, what you and I have been enjoying lately. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, tell Cody and Leo what you've been focusing most your energy on, because because I, I and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll follow up with mine after you. Okay, um, guys, I, I work very early in the morning. I mean, I, I get up every morning at 4.15 to go to my job, and uh, so I don't get to watch a lot of stuff live. So I, I use that DVR a lot. Sometimes I use the YouTube to get uh, the uh, the highlights. But I tell you, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's only three weeks old, but that YouTube, Facebook, the NWA Power Show, to me so far is the most enjoyable wrestling I have watched in a long time. Tim Storm, Nick Aldis, Eli Drake. Uh, they've got some really good tag teams. Mr. Anderson is there. Colt Cabana. They have a better women's division, I think, than the guys at All Elite. I've And then there's James E. Cornette. The guy is hilarious on commentary. 
I, I was laughing my head off watching it today on YouTube. I, I'm just real impressed what the NWA is doing. I'm even considering purchasing their uh, pay-per-view that the next one they're doing uh, from Atlanta. Uh, that I mean, I love the WWE. I love what they're doing at All Elite. I've watched MLW. I watched Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Try to catch a little bit of champion res- uh, Championship Wrestling from Arizona because our friend uh, Manny Lemons is down there a lot. But NWA Power, man, that is fun. If you guys haven't watched that yet, pull it up on YouTube. It is a blast. So I, I was yeah. actually watching Catching Up earlier, and uh, I like it. What what I found different on that is just it it feels like a totally different presentation than anything else. It is. That, that's it. Really is. Now, guys, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, as Zane very well knows. I, I grew up uh, when Memphis wrestling was the wrestling. They 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 called it ECW before ECW because they did some crazy stuff there. But they did a, a live wrestling show every Saturday morning. Uh, from WMC Channel 5, and it was live for 90 minutes, and there was like 75 to 80% of all the households in Memphis, Tennessee, near, nearly a million people in that market, that were tuned in on Saturday mornings watching wrestling. They sold out the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, I think it was like 15 years in a row, and they did that weekly, nine to 10,000 people a week would show up for a weekly show at the Mid-South Coliseum. That's what I grew up on, and that's why I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, so Dave, uh, educate us young fellas. Um, one thing that I've been noticing a lot, because uh, I, I find myself uh, lately with, with the lack of time. Uh, so like Sunday, you know, things are a little chill, a little lax. Everybody was napping around the house and stuff, and so I pulled up tablet and i was able to watch nwa power it's hmm. only an, an hour yeah but I, I didn't even know it but uh so it's an hour and then i was like hey i got a little more time so i threw on championship wrestling from hollywood uh it's only an hour uh, just just quality wrestling good stuff good stories um one thing they kept mentioning on nwa a lot of the talent stuff kept saying um we heard studio wrestling was back, mm-hmm. and so we want to be a part of studio wrestling. What what does that mean? What is why do they keep saying that? Well, studio wrestling is more intimate. Uh, you know, at WMC in Memphis when they were doing it from Channel Five Studios, they would be lucky to be able to squeeze in a hundred people into the into the little studio. I think at the Atlanta studio where they're doing this, they'll get two to three hundred, kind of like uh, you know when you go to an indie show. But the production values are pretty good on the NWA. Uh, they they tend to have a, a little bit more um, feuding, and uh, then in studio wrestling, it seems like there's more run-ins and there's more uh, short uh, matches, five to ten minutes, but they're telling an incredible story. Uh, I've noticed on the NWA. The promos that these wrestlers cut are very intense and very almost heartfelt. You can just you can just see the the passion they have for the business. And dang it, I like it. So some of those promos so, uh, they do is is kind of where they do it in front of the audience, where you would typically see some of these backstage promos where you don't really get a reaction. And then I seen one earlier where they kind of have to, based off of what the crowd is doing, 
they'll react to that, which which mm-hmm. is always nice to see. I, you know, I remember like Debbie World Championship Wrestling when it first kind of started in a way when it was still kind of studio wrestling when a lot of it was at center stage in Atlanta and that WCW Saturday night stuff where they would, you know, that studio type wrestling that I grew up on when I was a little kid, not the big arena type stuff like the WWF was accustomed to back in the day, but this new revamped NWA feel with the old school feel with the new school talent with Aldis and Eli Drake and that, that's just, I, it, it definitely does have money written all over it. And I, I have tuned in the first two weeks. I have not watched the third week yet, but it's on my bucket list of stuff to get caught up on because I'm That's digging awesome. it as well. That's awesome. See, uh, Cody, you sound you uh, you and I sound like we got a lot in common. Hi, Dave. How many times do I mention you know like championship wrestling in Hollywood? I said it, it reminds me of the Saturday program on from WCW. Right. I've mentioned that several times. With with Gordon yeah. Soley uh, at the microphone, and then you had the Four Horsemen, the fabulous mm-hmm. Freebirds, uh, Hands of Stone, Ronnie Garvin, the Rock and Roll Express, who are wrestling in the NWA now. Uh, but it, it was just a little bit different feel about it. Uh, I think it's different enough from the other product, which is fine. Product. I'm not. I'm not cutting down what's going on in the WWE or the uh, All Elite, but I think it's going to find itself a very loyal audience, and that's how you build if you can find loyalty in your audience. And right now, that there's I haven't seen hardly any really negative comments on social media about the NWA Power. It, it really is a good program to watch. It's, it's an hour show, as you guys mentioned, and sometimes less is more. Yes. You have a three-hour Raw, you have an abundance of talent, and especially nowadays with smartphones and everything else going on, we have, um, how do I say it? It's hard to keep our attention. And so I think with them doing an hour show, um, kind of, I, I don't know if you guys ever seen Lucha Underground, but it was the same way. Loved Whatever it. came on TV mattered. You weren't going to have any filler segments like they do on Raw or any of that other stuff. Whatever was on mattered and it mattered to the wrestlers and the wrestling fans i gotta jump in here real quick guys i gotta tell you a, a quick lucha underground story it happened recently to me i was out doing yard sailing and i found a yard sale that was selling still in the package uh batman superman type uh action figures which i collect so i was i was a happy camper but i was wearing a lucha underground shirt and the guy looked at me and he says you like lucha underground and I said, yeah, I loved it. He And he and his wife just started talking about Lucha Underground, but they weren't professional wrestling fans. They just loved that program with a guy that's been on the podcast with us, Marty the Moth uh, Martinez. And uh, Martin uh, did a great job on there. And I just saw on social yes, media, he he's going up to Spokane, Washington uh, here pretty soon to do a, uh, a seminar. And uh, hopefully... He's got a little bit of an injury that he's dealing with right now. I hope he can get back in the ring soon. So what makes you guys, let's go Leo first on this one. Why do you think some of the, the people uh, are moving away from the larger promotions? I mean, you got a guy like James Storm who, he, I, I mean, he could, he could probably, he could 
get a contract literally probably at any promotion he wanted right now. I mean, there was a time when James Storm, you know, he made a couple appearances in NXT, and James Storm's been around the block. He's good enough to be, you know, on Raw. I mean, we see Bobby Roode there, and we all know their famous tag team, you know, Beer Money. But why do you think guys like like uh, like James Storm, Eli Drake, um, you know, uh, uh, Nick Aldis, um, why are they not going for the WWE? Why are they not going for these larger, these huge promotions? So what I think is you're in the age now to where WWE isn't the only game in town, especially with social media, with YouTube with all these other areas, and with us being a very um, internet, um, how do I say it, generation now, where that's where we grasp all our stuff, everything's a lot easier accessible. That, and I think they have kind of, they can be themselves, and they're not just part of the machine. You know, you have guys like EC3, who did great in Impact and TNA, comes in, he's got the look for WWE, and what's he doing on WWE? Buried. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so I think they see that. I think as, as a wrestler, you can see how other wrestlers and colleagues are treated or used. And it's like, they don't have room for me there now. Let me go somewhere else. Let me build up my star power. And then if something comes of it, that's always there. WWE is always going to be there. Hmm. Never thought of it that way. What do you think? Cody? Uh, very similar to what Leo said. Like, I, guys are, I mean, let's take the Young Bucks for an example. I mean, they never needed a machine behind them because they did it on their own. They're completely self-made, um, you know, their own merchandising line. I mean, everything that they touch is literal gold, and even if they make a mistake, they turn around the next week on BTE or even live on AEW, and they poke fun at it or they make light of it. They're they're diehard wrestling fans. They just happen to be one of the greatest tag teams in the world today. And they see they've seen their buddies go there, you know, like Kevin Steen and all the guys that they've run the indies with for years and years and years and. Yeah, they may have a hot program for six months, but then all it takes is Vince to get a little tippy with them, and they're riding the pine and sitting and catering, and they're not doing nothing. Yeah. If you want to just go there and collect a paycheck, then, I mean, then you get the Zack Ryder treatment. That's all you do is when you when they feel like pushing you and because the fans want to see you, They'll give you they'll give you the IC title and for a day and then you drop it to the Miz. That was you that know? was wicked, man. That was wicked. <laughs> and, that was wicked. Like Leo said, WWE's not the only game in town anymore. They can you know, with the insurgence of AEW and I mean, everybody seems to have, have has have a TV deal now and even if you don't have a big network behind it. Do what Billy Corgan did and just put put it on Facebook Watch and YouTube and people are going to tune in if they want to see it. So just got to go get your star power somewhere. Now, you guys made a good comment uh, just a few minutes ago when uh, you talked about uh, building up your star power. That's what AJ Styles did. Big star 
in uh, TNA Impact. He also was in ROH for a while. Then he really became a star when he went to New Japan. Uh, that's where he became AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. But uh, there was something else you guys talked about that I think uh, was very pertinent. Today, Joey Ryan tweeted out. Now, I am not a huge Joey Ryan fan, as Zane probably knows, because of some of his more nefarious moves in the ring, I guess we can say. But he can go. He is a good wrestler. I've seen him, I've seen him go when he was in Lucha Underground. He, he improved, impressed me there. But Joey Ryan has actually signed with Impact Wrestling as of today. He had been approached by WWE last summer to go to NXT, but he turned them down because he said he can make basically the same money and have creative control and do what he wanted. So now he's at Impact, and he tweeted out the fact that he's going to be at Impact. They let him be himself, which Joey is a little bit on the um, sleazy side, like he says. That's what MK Bandit told us that when we interviewed with him. But he gets to also do some of his indie stuff, and he does control his own image and his own product line. So he's going to make money. He's going to get a wider audience. And this is going to work out great for him. So he's building that uh, that brand that he already has, but he's really going to build up on that. So I thought it was a very nice comment when you said building up to a point. And maybe uh, Vince and the guys there will see something from Joey and give him mega, mega bucks down the, down the line. But will he take it? I don't know. And let, one more quick thing I'll tell you about some of these guys. They are performers, and they're in this business to make money. And there's nothing wrong with making the big bucks sit in the pines if you're going to do like a Luke Harper has done, you know, or the Ascension. Just collect that paycheck, getting in the ring every once in a while, getting your butt whooped. But sometimes somebody who is a performer that's in, quote, show business, they don't want that added pressure. They want to be able to have that little bit more creative control. And I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I've been in radio since I was in high school in 1975. I've had the opportunity a couple of times to work in some of the bigger markets. I was part of a successful morning show in Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge Louisiana. I did some work in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. I had offers uh, in a couple of places in Montana, in Kansas, in Kansas City. But I all turned them down because I didn't want that pressure. I wanted to find a, a situation where I could be very comfortable, work for good people, and still be able to do uh, the creative process that I'm doing right now. And I think a lot of these guys see the restraints that are put on them by some uh, big company like the WWE. Wow, man. Deep, that huh? Awesome. That's deep, man. I'm Goodness deep. gracious. I'm you know, deep. I'm, uh, if, I can, if I can throw in my thoughts here, Dave, if you don't mind. I don't uh, mind. I, I always, uh, we, we talk a lot about the stacked roster, the stacked roster at Raw and SmackDown and the whole WWE as, as a gigantic whole. And, I mean, you know, what do they do with all this talent? You know, there is so much talent at the WWE that it, it, it's almost disgusting. It's like so much wasted talent. You know, guys like Zack Ryder and, and people like the Ascension and Finn Balor and, and some of these guys, uh, uh, you know, they're, they, just, they just don't do anything. A few live shows here and there. 
hit the road and no television time, no push, no nothing. You know, that roster is so stacked. What do you guys think about that? Uh, me as a, an internet fan, a, a mark, as you could put it, um, you know, I'm always going to have my opinion on who they should push or what they should do and how they should do it. But I'm not in those shoes, you know. They obviously see something we don't. But you're never going to please everyone, and you have so much talent. I, I think what bugs me is you have so much talent, and it's always you, you have like five or six names at the top, and they shuffle through those in the main programs. And especially when they had that dumb wild card rule where you had pretty much the same big guys on Raw and SmackDown, you weren't able to build stars like you were when they had the first brand split in the early 2000s and you built guys like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and Edge and Rey Mysterio and all that stuff was very different. Um, and so I think that's the issue there is, yes, they have so much talent. They continue to sign a lot of great talent that is great on the indies, but then they just have them there and sign. It's almost like they're just handcuffing them to have them so somebody else does it. Yeah. So, uh, Leo, you mentioned several times the internet and social media. Boy, that brings me to uh, <laughs> next. Here he goes. Subject. Here he goes. I'm telling you, he's about ready oh, to explode. Go, go for it, Zane. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gosh, damn it. <laughs> well, I, let me just say that the Facebook comment and shit on on the WWE website and the AEW site. I am so sick and tired of reading and and, and the disrespectful fans. So I'll tell you guys a quick story. So uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Moxley he was doing a small interview. I don't know if it was for a podcast or I don't know what it was for. But somebody asked Moxley about Renee. They said, "What is Renee going to come to AEW?" You know, Moxley says, "You're going to have to ask her that." He, you know, and um, held bells. The comments section was just absolutely full of Renee. Better not come to AEW. She's horrible. She's the worst commentator WWE's ever had. You know, and so I, you know, naturally have to, you know interject my, my two cents, and I said, well, you know, Michael Cole's been there for how long, and he sucks. You know, they, the only good commentator they had in the last 15 years, Mal Ranallo, they let JBL drive him out, you know, <laughs> and luckily they got him back on, on NXT, but this, this guy, like, and a bunch of people start, you know, telling me how uneducated I am, and how, how I don't know anything, and how Renee sucked so bad as a commentator, and I'm like, guys, she's a sportscaster. She's never been a commentator before. You know, like, and and so long story short, like, what the hell is with the fans for wrestling these days? <laughs> Twitter <laughs> trolls. Twitter it, trolls. Yeah. It's like everything else, though. Like, it, <laughs> everything else. Everybody's got an opinion, and everybody thinks their opinion matters. Mine's the only one that really does count. I, I know, but... <laughs> You know, I, I, I should have put this on that page because Zane texted me. He was really hot when he did that. I don't, I mean, 
I'm in broadcasting and I've done some sports and stuff. And if you're trying to hold a conversation on the air and describe what's going on, but somebody is in your ear telling you what to say, it is an art. It is hard to do. And she is a very good sports broadcaster. She was actually offered a job to go to ESPN right after she signed with the WWE. Uh, I think she was working TV in Toronto. So this stuff that she doesn't know what she's doing, that's a bunch of um, John Moxley. I'll, I'll just put it that way. That, yeah, it, it's 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 not right. And I... I got a little bit upset about that because people complain about broadcasters all the time. It's not easy what they do, and I put myself in there what we do. It takes a long time to get very good at it. I'll give you know, Renee some credit. Like I watched that uh, that first premiere of that that new FS1 show WWE backstage, uh-huh. and she did a killer job. I she's definitely got to be the lead person on that now who they get to fill in the other roles it doesn't really matter to me because like she does a killer job that is her background she's a sportscaster she's a sports center type caster Mm -hmm. that's what she needs to be doing she doesn't know enough about wrestling to sit there and call holds and call rest spots and stuff like that save that for the jim rosses and the the Tony Schiavone's that have been doing oh, it yeah. for 30 years. I mean, Renee is what she she's there for. She is eye candy. She is nice to look at, and she knows how to talk. Yeah. So let her do that. Get her off TV. So, I wasn't a big so fan Cody, of her, but, yeah. Cody, tell me what your thoughts are on, uh, on the fans. Like, you know, it, it, you, know, you can look at it, any WWE post on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and there's there's 2,700 fans commenting on how sh- crappy the WWE product is and how they quit watching WWE 10 years ago. And it's like, then, then why are you following the WWE on Facebook if you don't watch it? You know what? I mean, like, I I don't know. Like, I I I find myself anymore. Like, I just gotta I just gotta move on. I gotta scroll past. <laughs> yeah, especially with like with Facebook in general, with their groups that they set up. I had joined a group that was it was like it was supposed to be all about all elite wrestling, right? And what I would get sick of seeing is not only that, but the negativity. Then you'd have the WWE trolls come on there and say, "Oh, I'm never gonna watch AEW. It's stupid. It's just a t-shirt company." Blah blah blah. And then you'd have the diehard AEW fans. At this point, they haven't even put a TV show on. This was in between. They haven't even put All Out out yet. And people are saying, well, when's AEW going to come out with a, a video game? When's AEW going to, who's going to be the first inducted to the AEW Hall of Fame? I'm like, <laughs> what? Good Lord, people. <laughs> like, Stop, you know, and then we've had backlash on our social media pages at stuff that we have posted and just the negativity that goes on there. And I'll let, I'm sure Leo is going to tell the story of his, his Twitter rant that went down and we officially blocked our first person from our unpro wrestle pod pages. And, but I'll let Leo tell that story because it was pretty comical because 
same thing. Leo got pretty heated, and it was basically like, F this guy, and, you know. Yeah, so. so tell us the story, Leo. I can't wait. So I post a lot of memes on online, and I, I it's stuff that makes me laugh. So, like, they do something funny or something that I think doesn't make sense, I'll poke fun at it. Um, I'm not being hateful or anything like that, but I think it's funny. You know, I did one. The one I'm proud of is one that RVD reposted for the Raw Reunion show, and it I put on there a picture of RVD at the Raw Reunion, and it says, when you get so high that you show up on Raw instead of Impact. <laughs> and he put that back out. But there was one that was uh, Brock Lesnar and Undertaker, and it's when they're both sitting up laughing at each other. Uh-huh. And somebody else made this, but I reposted it. And it was... Uh, Brock Lesnar saying, can you believe they pay me this much to show up, you know, certain dates a year? And then it shows Undertaker laughing, and it says, can you believe they still let me wrestle? And it was after the Goldberg match. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this guy got on there and starts telling me, like, cussing, and you're an idiot if you don't think Undertaker this, this, and that, and starts going at me that I don't know anything about Reddit. It's like, dude, it's it's a meme. Like, calm down. Like, it's it's funny. You know what I mean? I have nothing but respect for the Undertaker. But some of these people, it's like their job. Like, they get on there, and like I tell you, they think their opinion matters. And you know, if it's something you don't like, just unfollow it or scroll. Ignore you know I mean? it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We we had a. If I can share a story, Dave, real quick. Of, Go ahead. Of, uh, we had met. We weren't. I would say we were more acquaintances and. He knew that I was a wrestling fan, and he contacted me on Facebook and said, hey, do you want to be a guest? So I, I met Dave at, at his studio when I was living in Cache Valley at the time. And uh, and he, Dave said, my gosh, he said, you you did a great job. He said, we, you, know, you, you weren't even, you know, Dave, Dave was really good to me, really nice to me, and paid me a lot of compliments, and he asked me to come on as a co-host. And, um, and I was like, oh, cool. So shortly after... I came on as a co-host was when the whole Hogan thing went down, and uh, you know the the video and and I and I had said you know look whatever Hogan does behind closed doors and stuff that's his business I I don't care what he does I all I care about is you know the Hulk Hogan that I used to watch as a kid the guy that used to come out and flex twenty four inch pythons and rip his shirt off and and oh my god yes it, it, it we had to, we had to block block a, a fan too because he he told me how racist I was and how it was, terrible of a human being. It was, I was unreal. I was like, no. I was like I racist I just, I just like Hulk Hogan. I don't care what he does. I like the inner I don't like I don't I don't know Terry Bolia. I don't yeah. have any idea who he is. But Hulk Hogan, you know he's a childhood hero. And Terry probably, you know, could be a scum of the earth. I don't care. I still like Hulk Hogan. That's all we were trying to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I want to take kind of kind of along the same area, um, you know, that was getting a lot of backlash. Maybe you guys, uh, you guys follow AEW a lot closer than I do. Um, so Luchasaurus was injured um, last week, and so a young fellow who's gotten pretty popular on the indies marco marco stunt mm-hmm. yeah uh, stepped in and and tagged and um 
got a lot of negative backlash, and Chris Jericho had to come to his rescue. Uh, do you do you recall this, Leo? Yeah, I do. Do you know anything and, about this? And so, like, where I'm at is, yeah, I, I get where people are coming from. Like, if you tune in to see wrestling, you're not, you might not be used to. So the typical wrestler now is a lot smaller than they used to be. And Marco Stunt is even smaller than that. Yeah, he's barely <laughs> and, above uh, the little yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. But My the way thirteen-year-old son is bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> the way they portrayed it though was realistic. So if they, you know, have him come in and yeah, he's the underdog. He got some offense in, but he was still the underdog. You know what I mean? They didn't for, try to portray him as something else. Right. And so the way he was portrayed, I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he should be rocketed to the top or anything like that um and as long as he he you know stays in that realm i think he's fine he does he he sells great he i think he's a good talent in the ring but yeah you put him up against big guys and it's kind of like when you had ray mysterio against kevin nash in wcw there's no way ray mysterio is going to win like it was kind of you know humiliating for ray in my opinion back then and so as long as you keep it, I think, realistic and in small doses, I don't think it's it's a big deal. If the guy can perform and he's entertaining and that crowd likes him, because that's who they're pandering to, that crowd. More power to him, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's yeah. what AEW said since the start is that they were going to listen to the wrestling fans. Well, you know, they knew that if they announced that Luchasaurus was going to be out with an injury, which is – realistically what happened mm-hmm. and they would have said well due to injury jungle boy and luchasaurus can't be in the tag tournament everybody would have probably been then ticked off that they're like well why didn't they just put marco stun in he's part of that little that little faction or whatever mm-hmm. so they did exactly what they knew their fan base would want was but Marco's done out there. Yeah, everybody knew the minute they walked out. Yeah, Jungle Boy and Marco stunt—they're done because they're going up against the hottest tag team in the world right now, the mm-hmm. Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the yeah. way, guys, so, I was—I was just going to say on um, that same show when you mentioned the Lucha Brothers, they attacked uh, SoCal Uncen- Uncen- Uncensored, and there was a move—a package pile driver from Pentagon onto Christopher Daniels. And he was actually injured. They threw up the cross on that. If you watch the video of that, you actually hear Christopher Daniels say, I can't feel my arms. And that's when the referee threw up the X. They did tonight announce that he has a pinched nerve and he is going to be out six to eight weeks. Now, Christopher Daniels is probably very close to the end of his career uh, I have really enjoyed his work throughout the years. I've talked about it before. I saw a match and impact with him and Samoa Joe. I thought Joe had literally killed this guy. That's how good that thing was. But uh, things do happen in the ring. That's one of the things that uh, when I talk to the the people that say, oh, it's so fake. No, 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 no. Predetermined, not fake. These guys get hit. They get hurt. I mean, ask Marcus Alexander Bagwell, who broke his neck in the ring. Ask Stone Cold Steve Austin, who broke his neck in the ring. Ask uh, Triple H, who had that pec muscle completely tear off his uh, arm, not once, but twice in the ring. 
These guys can get hurt. I call it an art of professional wrestling, and uh, that's what I look at it as a performance art that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, nice. I mean, added the responsibility. Well, uh, you have like a combat sport where you're all in it for yourself. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You're trying to win. You're trying to beat this guy. In wrestling, you have to protect the other performer. Exactly. And some of these moves that you do, like you have to know how to hit it, know how to get hit in order to, you know, keep your careers going. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I recently on the Busted Open pod uh, radio show on Sirius Satellite Radio, uh, um, Bully Ray uh, was talking to Jake Hagar, um, who's got a, he's got a match coming up uh, Saturday uh, for Bellator, and he asked Jake, he says, you know, what's the difference between, you know, wrestling and MMA? And he said, honestly, he said, MMA is easier. He said, he says, I, he knows what he needs to do, you know, when he steps into the cage. He knows that, you know, he's got to put the other guy down. Mm-hmm. He says, whereas wrestling, you know, he says, you have to work with the other guy and you have to make sure that nobody gets hurt. And mm-hmm. but I thought that was really interesting because uh, you know you get all these people saying, "Oh, how fake it is," and how the UFC is better, and how this is better. And here is guy a guy that's done both, and he says that the MMA is easier than professional wrestling. I right. thought that was really. And uh, I don't know, guys, uh, if you've heard, but uh, uh, Lucha uh, under uh, Lucha Star. L.A. Park or La Parka, whatever you want to call him, oh, yeah. uh, severely injured by doing a dive uh, out of the ring ropes, and he didn't get caught right. I looked at the video, and I thought it was the other performer's fault, not his. Uh, he fell. He has uh, severely injured himself. His career, to me, is probably over. And you'll probably remember uh, he was the one that Bill Goldberg did the spear on and blew out his knee on Monday Night Nitro uh, back in the day. And then the PCO did one of those dives. There was nobody on that side of the ring when he did the dive. And he went yeah. straight onto the floor, and he was injured. So you've really got to uh, watch. and you got If you watch really closely, you can sometimes see where a guy gives up his body to protect uh, the performer who might get hurt worse. And Kevin Nash did that once, and I think it was Ray, with Ray Mysterio, uh, Ray was going to do his jump over the rope, and Kevin was too far back. And I literally saw him run so he could catch Ray so he wouldn't get injured. It was, uh, I was very impressed that he would give up his body like that. That was really cool. I've pretty much said everything that's been on my mind. Why don't we turn the last little bit over to to the boys from UPW. Tell us um, anything that's on your mind. Give us where we can where we can find the UPW podcast uh, and let's, uh, let's, let's have the Turnbuckle Trash fans also give UPW a listen. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, so on Facebook, it's just the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, same as on Twitter. And we usually siphon a lot of our stuff through Instagram, and that's at UnproWrestlePod. And then as far as where you can listen listen to our podcast, um, it's on iTunes, on Anchor, Google Pod, Spotify, and that's under Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. We do try to put out an episode every Friday, 
um, but our schedules are are weird right now. Cody's and I, so um, but that is that is what we try to do. Every Friday we put out an episode. Sometimes it's just me and, and Cody BSing. Um, other times we have had guests. Uh, recently, you guys mentioned two of the guys that we've had on. So we had Marty the Moth on, and and we had Manny Lemons recently too. Mm. So. Um, we do have some some planned guests for here in the near future. So, um, yeah, uh, give us a listen. We appreciate you guys having having us on. Uh, it it feels really great um, talking with other wrestling fans in depth about wrestling. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah I think Leo awesome. gets sick of talking to me. So like, every <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> like we blow each other's phones up pretty good. Like. If we shared just our text message exchange, which we have on occasion, but some of the stuff we say, I mean, a lot of it cannot, re- shouldn't be repeated. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to float a lot of crap back and forth at each other. The so term you, mark, the term mark is a term of endearment. Yeah, I agree. Embrace your you know, markdom. Guy, and uh, one thing that Dave and I have always. Uh, tried to emphasize on the podcast and you know it's not necessarily about you know the guests and the the numbers of course that stuff's great too but i think what matters the most and what dave and i try to have a uh, try to do and it sounds like what you guys try to do is have have fun have yeah. fun with it and and realize that, that we're not going to take the internet by storm you know we're not going to have 50,000 listeners overnight we're probably not going to get Bill Goldberg as a guest tomorrow but the most important thing is to have fun while doing it to be entertained just like we are every time we turn on the television to watch whatever wrestling we're into uh, it, it's just been so great talking to you guys. I really do appreciate it. Are any, either one of you going to be at the uh, the Devotion Show November the 2nd? So it, it all depends for me on uh, weather and oh. work. Uh-huh. Um, so we it's a three-hour drive. So if the roads aren't too bad by then, I might swing by. Oh, I, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I was unable to make the, the last one because of different work schedule. Uh, but I do plan on me and Leo attending one of those again. Yeah. We, so yeah. definitely. Sounds like, so, so where are you guys from? Where do you guys live? So I'm, I'm from, I live in Burley, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And oh, I know. Falls. Okay. Yeah. yeah so okay. me yeah, and Leo. You guys got quite a journey. Yeah. We're about 30 minutes apart here in Southern Idaho. And then, uh, so about three hours from your guys' neck of the woods over there. Mm-hmm. So, and you yeah, know and I'm, that that's... I'm two and Dave's two, right? Yeah, Dave, you're two yeah. hours. I'm in I'm in Logan, here. Utah, and you're down in Manti. But that highway that goes from Burley into Tremonton, that interstate, can get really nasty during the winter. So yes, I understand it that it gets just really nasty. So yeah, yeah. No, but uh, well, the last uh, devotion uh, show was my first one. I thought it was great. It's great, and they that do was a great fantastic. Job. Yeah, you know, and you know, I've talked many times about how that's why I love. Uh, wrestling so much is 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 because of those reasons right there for those independent shows. You know, you get to interact with 
wrestlers. You get to, to see them work, you know, even though the moves might not, might not be as crisp and as clean. You know, it's like these guys are out there putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment, and they might get 25 bucks for the night, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And That's by the way, great. Tom Chad, the pineapple-clad Tom Chad, is going to be performing this weekend at Rocky Mountain Pro over in uh, cool. Colorado Springs. So good uh, good luck to, to Tom. Then one other thing uh, from a guy you guys saw down there, uh, the MK Bandit, who is one of the yep. busiest mans I've ever uh, met in my life. Uh, he is now a lifelong member of the Cauliflower Athletic Club. Uh, he posted that on the Turnbuckle Trash uh, Facebook page today. So congratulations, MK. That's uh, that's incredible. Well, uh, I just want to uh, give uh, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast a shout-out and tell you guys thank you for sticking with us through the technical difficulties, and thank you for seeing our guests on the show. Uh, we really, really, really enjoyed talking to you guys. And with that, I think I'm going to close out. Thank you for joining us. And remember to stay.